It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, the Vice President of Athletics takes you inside the goings-on at USF, sits down with a special guest. We even break a little news from time to time. Bulls Speed Ahead is presented by TGH. Now with this week's guest, here's Michael. All right, so on this week's episode of Bulls Speed Ahead, uh, presented by Tampa General Hospital, we have a great, great special treat in terms of uh, some special guests that are, that are with us. And as we have a lot in our athletic department, we've got one of our mottos that uh, we build tradition one champion at a time. And we've got two champion coaches with us today and the most timely champion coaches for, for us because, as I hope everyone realizes, we just came off of a double national championship weekend with our our cheer squads, first of all, um, you know, for first in terms of our co-ed cheer team winning their third uh, national championship in a row, which we're going to get into detail on, and then for our all-girl to win a national championship in the game day category, their first national title is just awesome, awesome news. So I've got Coach Jillian Guadagnino and uh, Sandy Clark, uh, Sandy from heading up our uh, all-girl, and, and Jillian heading up our, our co-ed. So welcome and congratulations. Thank we're so you. proud of you. Thank so you so much. much. Well, let's start first uh, with uh, you, Jillian. Just, uh, I guess we'll give we'll give uh, dibs to those that win three national championships. <laughs> in a row. But what an um, any one of them obviously is an amazing accomplishment. Yes. But for you to have now led a team that's done it three times in a row, my understanding is only the University of Kentucky has ever done it three times in a row in history. So, you've got that to motivate them for next year. Absolutely. Uh, but just to tell me what that's like for you as a coach to and, and your coaching staff to kind of make that happen. You know, it's a, it's definitely a career goal for sure. Um, you know, we started out here at USF seven years ago because my ultimate goal for coaching was to be at a D1A institution. And so I felt like USF had the best of both worlds. It had game day. It was a large school and cheerleading program that really needed to be rebuilt from the co-ed side for sure. So... Um, to be here seven years later and win three consecutive national championships, it really just comes down to one word in my mind, and it's culture. When my husband and I got here seven years ago, we immediately felt like we needed to just change the culture. And so that's exactly what we did. The first motto with 16 people on our team was make co-ed great again. So what does that mean? What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? And then how does that culture impact from year to year and translate from athlete to athlete? And that's really what we focused on is just changing the culture, changing their mindset, and just presenting them with winning the day, not just winning the year or winning and just be being better than you were the day before. And so that is still our motto, being better than we, we were the day before. And what's really cool about this is that when we moved into this weekend and from semifinals into finals, we just had to be better than we were the day before. Right, so we had some small mistakes on day one, and so the the strategy was apply the pressure, be better than you were the day before. Something that we've been doing for seven years. So, for that to to come full circle, for that, that motto to start a program and then help win three national championships, it's it's a dream come true. Well, congratulations, and you've been kind enough to let me get to know your program a little bit over the, over the years, particularly at your at your championship celebrations, and you can tell the buy-in. But what I'm so impressed by is to hear you be able to duplicate that because in it's one thing to do it in a uh, professional setting where you might have complete control of your roster. In our world, people graduate and move on, and yeah. you've had to do it basically with new young people every every year. So yes, it's exciting, absolutely. Exciting. So, Sandy, the first now the first time to be able to do it. And, yes. Uh, uh, tell us how that was, how you've been able to kind of get the team together and maybe as part of your answer, be able to explain a little bit 
for our listeners the difference between when we talk about the game day category and, and traditional, which which obviously are yes. co-ed team more. So um, for All Girl, we were super excited that this was our first championship. I've been here. This is my 10th year coaching the team, but I also cheered here. Both my husband and I did. And we've been inching closer and closer to a title for a while. And um, this year's team just really believed right from the beginning, especially in the game day category, that this was our year, that they were kind of special. Um, they believed in each other and in themselves. And um, honestly, we even used that from night one to night two. We talked about um, similarly, we were coming out of um, the prelims in first this year, um, but we were still not our best on that first day, even though we were in first. And we had really talked about using what we instill in our team of taking everybody back to USF and really thinking for the game day category that we wanted to almost bring everybody to USF, you bring them to Tampa and let them see what we were all about. And in the game day category itself, it's really about showing your tradition, showing what it's like for your fight song is the first category, then it's your sideline and you either have offense or defense, what it's like in your stadium and then your timeout. And that was really something that for me was really special. I think that our first one was game day because I've been here so long. I remember cheering, you know, all these years myself and I always tell them if I could just put the uniform back on just one more time that you know you want to really embrace every single bit about it and um, I know for me the game day one was really special because I felt like in that moment like I was in Orlando but I wasn't I was here in Tampa and it was really awesome so um, to kind of engulf the difference between them is that game day is really about your traditions and then we call it the traditional routine because um, it's what everybody thinks about when they think the competition routine. And that is a showcase of more of skills. It's a, um, a music that you get to pick out and really bring your vision to life. Um, they're both really, really difficult and really, really something we're proud of. Um, but the game day category for me was really, really special. So well, I'm so glad you told that story because to come, like you said, it's, it's heartwarming to know that, that you came from still feeling about being the, the cheer member that you were and uh, to, to have uh, we, we really appreciate the fact that you can bring our game day traditions to life yes. and, and that and kind of do it in that true setting so. yeah it was really special for them and it was nice so many of our alumni were there for both teams and awesome. so many of them were just so supportive and in tears afterwards and like felt like we really like showed the country how wonderful you know like USF is and like what it's like to be back here so that oh, was special for us that's fantastic that's fantastic so Jillian tell me a little bit tell, talk about just you as a journey both as an athlete in, in the sport and, and then ultimately to to coaching. I know you've uh, you've already explained you've been here seven years, yeah. but just curious how how it transitions from being the athlete into the coaching for both of you. We're going to get to, to, to yeah. So um, as an athlete, I was recruited to cheer at the University of Delaware. So at the University of De Delaware, I actually won um, a partnership national championship. So um, I have a national championship of my own, and then I actually made Team USA as an athlete. And so as an athlete, I also won the gold medal. Um, so that's pretty awesome. You know, <laughs> very very high caliber of cheerleading in that. As soon as I graduated from the University of Delaware, I immediately actually started coaching. There. 
there. And so while I was there, I actually brought those team, th that co-ed team to two back-to-back -back national championships. And then I brought the all-girl team to three final four finishes in the stunt division. So even, you know, long history of winning national championships and having a winning culture, being surrounded by other great coaches that also impacted my coaching ability and my thought process as well. And I, I really do always think about, you know, the people I coached with and the people that I, that I uh, was coached by. So that really has imp impacted my coaching style for sure. I felt like I took a little bit of everybody mm -hmm. and blended it together and put my own spin on it. Um, and so, like I said, I, I came here because, you know, Delaware is, it's a it's an awesome school. It's an, my alma mater. However, I really wanted to be at a big school. And I felt like I wanted to be around the, the big dogs, to be honest. You know, I wanted to be around Kentucky and Alabama, UCF, you know, Cincinnati, teams that are in our in our conference as well. And so when I came here. Teams that used to win national championships. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so when I came here just to be able to develop my own team, um, that just that was just huge for me. And so that's what we took. My husband actually is also um, a partner on national championship champion as well and he's also won his own national championships from Moorhead State. Now, obviously you, your, your husband's on on your staff you guys both came up with similar athletic backgrounds but then and talk about the rest of your staff that kind of completes. Uh, your yeah career. so I get I'm really lucky I have three alumni that um, you know two are volunteer and they just pour everything into there and and then um, another alumni and one actually I, I've coached to be able to have him he was on that initial team my first year and he he remembers what it was like to just have 16 people 16 people to compete 16 people to do games 16 people to do appearances you had to do everything. <laughs> they had to do everything no you know? weeks off no uh, no alternates no days stuff. off no weeks off no alternates and you know so if in, an injury occurred you know they were like what do we what do we do and so for him when we hit that finals there's a video of him just crying mm -hmm. and it was so special for me because I coached him and now he gets to coach these athletes and to see it come full circle is something that he started and helped you know really buy into and um it was just it was just an awesome moment so um and then for Savannah and Adarius I think they're just like just such special people. They love USF more than any anybody I think I've ever met. Um, I know Sandy Clark loves USF too. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But they're, um, you know, to to be like in that co-ed where kind of there that was that 13 year lull to see it just breathe be brought back up. They just feel so proud to be part of it. So um, I love them and they they're really all in and um, we wouldn't get the job done without everybody. I'm just out of curiosity, how, how do they kind of divide up responsibilities? Everyone thinks about other athletic teams and how you have different specialties. How, how does your staff organize? Um, that's a great question. And they're all, you know, they're always like, I don't know why you're asking me, ask her um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, type of thing. But, you know, we all have our strengths. And so I think that's really important. We really go to a Darius. He, we call him our tumbling specialist. And so he really hones in on our tumbling technique, our tumbling timing. Um, and then Savannah and Noah, they're really great for games and everything. And so they, they really spearhead that. And then Ronnie and I take up the skills. And so I think that that type of dynamic, we get to cover each of the, the different boxes and stuff and, and make really the athlete well-rounded. Sure. Cool. Well, I appreciate that explanation. Yeah. So Sandy, uh, you already explained earlier that uh, you obviously did, did cheer here, but what, 
What first drew you to USF, and 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 then what was your experience like as a cheerleader here? So um, I'm originally from Gainesville, so my whole family um, went to UF, and I was the first person to decide that I wanted to go away to school, and I wanted to go away for cheerleading, and I came to Tampa, and I fell in love with USF, and I told my parents I'm coming here, and I'm coming here to cheer, and 20 years later I'm still here, and I just love Tampa, everything about it, and uh, my husband cheered here, and our daughter is a little diehard bull who will tell her grandparents that USF is the place to be for sure. So um, I got drawn here just after being on the campus and being around cheerleading. And then I just fell in love with it. And um, similar to Jillian, my staff is made up of a lot of people. So I definitely can't take the credit. My husband's on our staff. And then um, I have a returning cheerleader who cheered for me for four years. She's been removed for a while. And I actually coached her um, all four years on All Girl. But I also coached her when she was younger at a Tampa area all-star gym and then we have um, another Kelly Budnick who um, she's one of our assistants and we are all actually USF alum on the all-girl staff so that's something that's like really special to us Um, my husband worked for the US national team and has um, done a lot of big things in cheerleading but like for me um, one of the things I do take pride in is teaching them just the tradition of things and like how grateful they should be and how far we've come like as an athletic department because I remember you know 20 years ago things were were different and we've come so far and so many things and we've had so many cool opportunities here so that's something that I really like to teach them a lot about is just the tradition of the university and like how proud they should be to be here and like how much you know they'll look back and go you know I was a part of that I was a part of starting that and some of the traditions that weren't here before us even like the flag timeout the basketball games you know um, my husband and I choreographed that and it's still going you know all these years later and that's something that like I watch and I go you know that's something that long after I'm gone that was you know kind of our mark so I'm I'm really proud of like the tradition and where we've come from and seeing our program grow. And similarly, just that we didn't used to have all these people. I mean, All Girl has um, kids from 17 states um, on our team. And we, when we first got here, you know, we were pretty much all from the Bay Area and the surrounding you know, a couple hour drives and just, um, our program has just really grown so much where people all over the country are saying like, I want to come to Tampa to be a bull, but you know, I want to cheer for USF. And like, that's really huge for me, um, to see that we've grown, you know, to this and that people consider us, you know, you know, one of the absolute best programs yeah, in the country. Yeah, destination. And for you to kind of have that traditional past, yeah. uh, you, you just surmise what we try to explain to all of our staff and student athletes about, uh, about uh, the culture that we're trying to build because you're right it is uh, to me it's always something that you can still make tradition make history here make an mm-hmm. impact uh, when you say 20 years ago when I was here 20 years we were all housed in this phys ed building across the parking lot from here and now to see what we have here and now building the indoor and now yep. having multiple national champions and, in, and in, this, in this room right here and what Layton and I laugh because our dorms don't even exist on this campus anymore is that right yeah so is people right? say where do you live and I'm like you won't know because your your nice dorm is on top of ours. That's awesome. That's so. awesome. Well, obviously, we, we, we both have larger, both of you have larger squad sizes now. You've kind of created your own, um, your own tradition of excellence that people want to be, be a part of, which is, which is, which is outstanding. Talk about, since you, you do work together a lot as squads at games, uh, which is what our fans are more familiar yes. with. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do the squads kind of interact or do they, I mean, obviously everyone disciplines their, their own rosters, but I was curious how, how often are you able to kind of 
blend the cultures because you both have a similar uh, well, approach? We do a lot together, but we yeah. do we do a lot. It depends on the days of the week, honestly. Mm -hmm. Our schedules are kind of set up for at the beginning of the year when we're like training them to come in and know like the traditions and specifically getting ready for those fall sports. There is some times that we come together to do things like the incoming um, the pep, pep rallies and mm -hmm. the road shows and like all those things that really ingrain our tradition. So I think sometimes at football season, you see us do a lot more together until we have like the course of the year set. Mm -hmm. And then once we get on like a rhythm and we know like how to look a certain way and be exactly what we need to do to lead the crowds at game day, then we start kind of honing in on that. Right. Like all of our traditions are exactly the same. So if, you know, call out or all girl calls something, we know exactly what to do. We all look the same. We're doing it together. Um, and then, you know, we are, we are, it's kind of like men's and women's basketball, right? So we, there's an all girl team and a co-ed team. And so we, they train differently because they're different positions. And so that's when we get into that like skill based is yeah. where that's kind of like not the separation, but that does separate us because they have to train differently yeah. mm -hmm. and the things that they need are different. So I think that is what's unique too, is that they really do like represent USF as one program and then they they just have to train differently so when we train uh, obviously you have limitations to hours that they can train limitations to our own facilities that mm -hmm. you cooperate and work with all of our teams on but do you all end up practicing at the same time but just totally spreading out in different parts of the gym and yeah so days. we yeah so we um two days a week we like split the corral half and half and then um we you know, on the other two days, we one practices one day and the other practice the other days, just so the teams can also have their own quiet, their own space and like dial in on like what they need to do. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important too to like be together, but then also be separate so that they can continue to work on like their separate goals. 100% because our, our quiet days are so good for like honing in on like the skills that are needed because she mentioned our teams are really different in terms of like what they need, for example, for like, the, you know, all girl teams, you're taking four people and putting up these stunts in these pyramids. So then it ends up even under the pyramids ends up being six or eight people, whereas like co-ed, it can be a partner relationship. So the techniques behind them are different and the demands on their bodies are a little bit different. Like all girl tends to need a little bit different rest time than co-ed does with just the mechanics of it so that those quiet days are like really beneficial for that but then when we're together it's actually good sometimes we're sometimes the crowd if you work upstairs it gets really loud we're facing <laughs> opposite <Joey>. directions <laughs> yeah. and we're really loud but that actually teaches us to you know, control environments, being able to still focus, like if Ray J gets really loud and we still need to be able to communicate with each other, we've practiced in environments where like you had to focus on what you're doing. And then same thing at nationals, being able to handle the distractions of other people, the intimidation factor of like holding your place. If you're, I know for us, it was huge when we were in finals, knowing that we're going in reverse order and, you know, the teams around you, they're trying to be hyped. So they're keeping you not focused, but we've practiced in loud environments right, to that. still be focused. So it kind of helps yeah. our quiet time is beneficial, but our together time right. is. We perform for one another too, so that we can like apply the pressure, mm -hmm. get their nerves up, get their adrenaline up so that they also know how to handle it when they're even in front of a bigger crowd. So we 
actually like sit as close to the mat as humanly possible, which it's not like that when we're actually on the national stage. So to kind of like build it up and so that our athletes know how their, you know, heart's going to feel and what their mind's going to do and then essentially what their body's going to do when all that adrenaline hits. So I think that is also beneficial. And then once we step into the warm up room to be able to block out the noise right and so just to focus on here and not be distracted by other teams doing this this or this I think it's both ways it's just so beneficial to train an athlete yeah and both uh, our basketball fans will know that obviously you even had a couple not only performance opportunities at games but also you kind of did test run so again it's just another yeah. uh opportunity to put the pressure on and have uh, oh yeah put them in that moment they're so important for those performances because unlike other sports you know cheerleading only gets one opportunity right so like there's numerous games in basketball you can bounce back with different points and stuff with with cheerleading you get one opportunity two minutes and 30 seconds and so you're on or you're off you know and so there's no do-over so that that time to just get those performances in so that you're ready to hit that national stage that's it's very important absolutely and the basketball performances are so helpful for us too because it is a different environment and there's a lot of things coming at you it's not exactly the way it's going to be at Mm -hmm. nationals so like some of those performances go really great and some of them we have to go back and learn from the mistakes and say like okay this happened and so we talked about an all-girl learning how to control the controllables and you know focus in on that and not worry about all the extra things because that's part of that nationals what can really get in your head is letting the environment you know dictate how you're doing so like the basketball performances for our fans although it is like so fun to show them what we're working on they're actually helping us a lot because they're giving us an opportunity to get out there in front of people before we get to our you know yeah and just like in all sports I kind of I kind of remember the same y'all perform for our fans we were actually delaying a little bit because we were finishing interviews but in retrospect that's actually still good too it's like hey you never know what's gonna go it's not always gonna be perfect on game day you gotta kind of kind of block that out absolutely yeah um talk to talk to us about the way the recruiting goes and and the way that the the roster makeup comes because you both alluded to how at one point it was smaller staffs but now you're very popular people Mm want to be a part of it but Particularly maybe starting with you, Jillian, uh, I mean, I can imagine there's a lot of young women that, that want to be a part of it and they may be doing it more often. Frankly, I, I'm not aware of it being done so much on the male side in high school. So how do the how do the males transition to be a part of the co-ed squads? Yeah, so I love that question. So, and, you know, when I got, got here, recruiting was extremely important to me. I hit the ground running with recruiting um, because I felt like there was a certain type of athlete, coachable athlete that I wanted as part of my program um, so that I could build it and start a culture that, you know, we we wanted to be around. And um, and so the recruiting side, actually in the state of Florida, we actually have great co-ed teams. Yeah. And so we are very You're talking about the scholastic level? At the okay. high school level, mm-hmm. yes. And so we are really fortunate. Right down the road, we have Bartow High School. I have a lot of um, athletes that come from Bartow that are on my team, have graduated from my team, and are being recruited currently. Um, Clay High School, Fleming Island. I mean, just to name a few. So that's just in this in this Florida area. And so then I have um, kids coming from community college in terms of guys, right? So Mm -hmm. guys kind of develop later. um, And so they're coming from community college and they're transferring here to get their, you know, their university degree. I have a 
ton of kids actually from Colorado. Colorado also is another great state with co-ed cheerleading. Um, and so I'm also from the Northeast, so I'm actually pretty well um, connected in that area. And there are a lot of gyms that have co-ed athletes. And so in terms of recruiting males, it's really where we pull from is from Florida, from community colleges, from the Northeast and, and from Colorado with, with those um, co-ed programs. For females, um, you're right, there are so many female athletes and cheerleaders at the high school level. And so um, I have started a more of like a recruiting process because I want to make sh sure that the athlete is a fit for me and they're um, a like I'm a fit for them and that they love USF as well. And so that has really changed because they're staying for four years because they love cheerleading and they love USF. And I think that really has been such a grounding moment um, because they're just fully in support of everything USF. And so they're just so excited to be here. So that's who I look for. And so that, that doesn't weed a lot of people out, but it does because then when I then look at their skills, I am looking for high caliber skills at this point. I think every single person I recruited and is currently on my team, they all have a full, which would be the most elite tumbling pass that you could have um, for for collegiate cheerleading. So it is um, very uh, competitive, but I also really look at it from person to person to person because I think that's equally as important. So yes, recruiting, I recruit hard. I recruit um, for previous years. So I'm not just recruiting for this class. I'm recruiting for next year's class and next year's class. So as young as sophomores, I'm speaking to, to, you know, kind of shape them into wanting to become a bull because if they feel like their collegiate experience is going to be in Tampa as a USF bull, they're going to be, you know, that much more committed on, on my team. With your recent success, uh, tell me how that how that recruiting message has changed uh, in terms of... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> just to put in perspective, we have a clinic on February 19th. We opened it yesterday, and it's already full. Is that right? <laughs> so, and it wasn't like that seven years ago? <laughs> yeah, no. it was not like that <laughs> seven years ago. So it's really awesome to see how, how that has come. But um, So, yes, it, it is, it's a great place to be, and um, I'm glad that everybody, you know, is seeing that now that's great so t sandy talk a little bit about your how you recruit and, and maybe help explain so when does a young woman decide is she going to be better suited for all girl or or be on on co-ed so that's a really good question mm -hmm. because back when you know years ago we didn't have as big of a pool to come from so it was really kind of like sometimes we were looking at similar people but now our recruiting processes become so specific that really we're looking at very specific people for our team. So for all girl, it's different because I have four positions, all female. So um, the back spots, the main bases and the side bases are the girls that are on the ground, putting um, the girl in the air that we refer to as a top girl or some people know as the flyer. Um, so for us, there obviously there are so many girls in cheerleading like we just talked about, but now I am really honing in on who is specific to those positions that is the best in that particular position that also is versatile should something happen and I need to use her versatility, but also has that tumbling skill that Jill was talking about. We're really um, honing forward on most of them having a full, which is the most elite tumbling that we can have because that's what helps us maximize our score in our traditional routine. Um, so for me, 
um, similarly, we have our clinics and we have our a specific recruiting process um, where we're kind of keeping track of these girls years out. We already have girls that we know are looking at us that are sophomores and juniors um, in high school so that by the time they're applying for us and know whether or not we are really interested in them, we're kind of you know, making sure that they're hitting those deadlines for um, getting accepted to the university because we all know that is this, you know, very prestigious and difficult to get into USF now academically. Yes, it is. <laughs> so like we have met them when they're younger and now and saying, you know, if if we're really your top choice and you need to make sure that we're on top of this and we're on top of that to kind of help mentor them into getting to be able to be here. Um, and then also honing in as to whether or not she kind of hit the nail on the head, whether or not they're not just um, a good fit for the team, but they're also a good fit for our coaching styles that they know how I am. I'm pretty picky. I like things a certain way. Um, my husband is super high energy and, you know, he's the, um, the guy in this sea of women over there that really, you know, honestly adds so much to our skills. And he's loud and a goofball, but like making sure that he is the fit that people, you know, a lot of girls want to be coached by the two of us together. And um, I think that's important. And then overall, at the end of the day, for me, wanting to be a bull is way up there. Because if you don't want to be at this school, then the longevity isn't there. And so um, it kind of saves us from having a ton of transfer students. We do get a lot of kids that transfer into us now. We didn't always have that, but now we get a lot of junior colleges mm -hmm. and or um, kids that are able to transfer in once they have an AA because of how um, academically difficult it is to get into this school. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a huge thing. But our clinics is big for us. We do um, five to seven clinics a year. And then we have really good relationships with a lot of the cheerleading facilities facilities in Tampa. Florida is a cheerleading state. Cheerleading is really good here. So we've always had a good pull from the really good high school and all-star gyms in Florida. Um, and then now we're starting to get that same pull from, you know, some of the great ones outside of um, the state of Florida as well. So it's it's definitely a similar process in terms of how we do it throughout the year. The specifics is really like what we're looking for for our teams and, you know, if they're a good fit for our personalities, if they're a good fit for our team. And I think um, when they come and meet our teams, that really makes yeah. a difference too because a lot of people will tell us two things. Your campus is beautiful and your teams were really hardworking but really welcoming. And once they get a dose of those, they're like, I want to be here. Well, and you have good cultures. It is in all teams that uh, – your your players are are the best recruiters. They right? absolutely are. They no are. offense to y'all. You, you, you two are great recruiters. No, but it really I comes agree. Your you know, when we go to our clinics, it's like I tell my kids, "You were in this position, and it's like, and they're looking at you, and they're they're asking themselves, can I see myself as their teammate?' Mm -hmm. You know, and that is the biggest thing when we get to these clinics is if they can see them as the teammates for the next four years, then you've sold them on USF. Yep. Sandy, you mentioned earlier with you having cheered here, you and sounds like your husband kind of mm -hmm. helped develop the the routine that so many of our fans are familiar with, particularly at basketball. And mm -hmm. how how do your two squads practice that? And, and the Sun Dolls are involved in that too. So yeah. how, when when do you even have the time to coordinate that, so that, that cheer? Our summertime. So a lot of people don't know our seasons are really long for cheerleading. So we pick our teams in May and then we end our next season in April. So we really only have just a few weeks where they actually are off and then they're preparing for 
um, tryouts. But after we pick our teams in May, um, a lot of our teams go out and teach camps and stuff all over the summer. But we come back um, every single month for like practice weeks. And during those summer months, during our June and our July and our August practice weeks is when we're really honing in on game day, day, understanding like what it looks like to know all of our traditions, to know everything that goes along with the band, everything that goes along with football or volleyball or men's and women's basketball. If we're going out in the community, that is really when we're like saying, you know, these are our traditions. And then these are things that we're even bringing to the table that are new because, you know, we're still, we have traditions, but we're still making traditions, Mm -hmm. you know, every year here at USF too. So we kind of hone in on like, this is really working and this could be even better. And those summer months is really when we're kind of teaching and the band and the Sundolls do the same thing at that time of year. And you just, you know, y'all just kind of, even when you're doing it and you all kind of block out a hour at time when all four of you can combine. Yes, we, we actually do at the end of our like work week in August. We all actually band, cheer, and sundolls. We all come together that last day and we just work out all the kinks for game day. So I think that's also really nice and, and awesome that we get to all get together yeah. and, and make sure that we're all set and good to go for football season. And, you know, Believe it or not, USF actually has a ton of traditions and material (laughs) that they have to learn. Um, And so actually when I first got here, I was like, wow, (laughs) this is a lot of stuff. (laughs) So um, it does take a while for them to get it down and make sure that they can differentiate between which band song it is that they're Mm going to play on like first down, second down or and whatnot so yeah it's yeah I remember when you first got here and you were like wow and we've (laughs) known each other since before she was here so like I knew Jill when she was at Delaware so we were we knew each other in the industry and she was like wow you uh you do have a lot so that's awesome (laughs) well as we start to kind of close down um a lot of this has been very enlightening for for our listeners but also speak to I mean you just talked about kind of this year-round hardly ever stopping which i i've seen firsthand and, yeah. and i can appreciate but what what's a what's what's life like for a member of your squad on a given week <laughs> yeah so you know um i actually get this question a lot so i feel like i have like a well-versed answer so when we start you know in in may and then we come back in uh like a long weekend in june and then oh, a week week and a half in july and then we get going right the beginning of August and we come two before uh, school two weeks before and so that we can get everything down once school starts um, and each team looks a little bit different but for for my guys we practice Tuesday Thursday Friday and then we do morning workouts two of those weeks and then we have a study hall Friday morning so we move from study hall right into our last practice of the week and once we get into November I actually add a fourth day of practice on Sundays so that we can start getting into our national season getting their bodies geared up for going every single day twice a day um, and then on top of all of those practices they also have appearances they have football games the month of November we always say let's you know buckle up because we don't just have practices for um, game day we have practices for nationals we have basketball games we have volleyball games we have football games we have appearances so November is that crossover month where we're just like, all right, Slammed. yep, <laughs> we got this. Like, let's just, you know, um, kind of get our head down and we got, got, can get through it. But that's really how intense the fall can be for us, that we are just constantly go, 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 and go. And we didn't even mention even strength training, too. You have other sessions yep. where you have to and do so that. And so we too. have to, <laughs> yep, and we, we go twice a, twice a week with our um, athletic uh, our strength coaches here. So it's a lot. And so, and then once we head, head 
get into the spring, um, it does, we go back to twice a week of morning workouts and then we do, you know, two weeks, two days, two days a week, sorry, of practices. And then, you know, they practice a lot on their own. So even when the season is really heavy and I told you all those things that they had to do in one given week, they're actually still practicing before practice starts. Mm -hmm. So that's what's so huge about their work ethic and how they want to be great. Mm -hmm. And that's what I admire about them is that, you know, I'm like, how long have you been here? Practice starts at 4.30. Oh, we've been here since 2.30. As <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned, a few times I've even come to your your practices. What if I come early? Yeah. There's, yeah. You know, and, They're already and like there. Said, just like you have to, you got to put in even more than what you're asked you for if you're going to succeed at this level. I'm exactly. Sure. So, um, and you know, now that we're in the off season, they're probably going to spend even more time stunting and working out on their own. Um, and they just asked me for open practice hours and all of that stuff. And so that is what makes this a, a fully year round commitment because really there's, there's no off season. Mm-hmm. The um, one, one group, we missed. We, I left out when we talked about your coordination and the sun dolls and everything else. But there's also uh, the rocky element is brought brought yes. into this too. And so uh, I think we all know there's there's appearances that get that, that Rocky has to do too. But who who which of you or who kind of helps coordinate the rocky in terms of at least the skills and understanding what what role they might play in any of your routines? so Kelly, who's the all girl assistant, she is um, one of the rocky coaches. So she they come to practice on our Tuesday night practices, mm-hmm. and they have like a special area that they're going over everything, um, and she coordinates that. And then um, yeah, the rockies they work incredibly hard, and you know some of them are in our they're in our nationals game day routine. So mm-hmm. they're there with us. And then also the appearances. We talked a lot about our community events. Um, all girls schedule is very similar um, to what Jill was saying. But um, Rocky has probably the most appearances of all of, of us. And then yeah. we help coordinate. Um, Jill and I help coordinate yeah. those right now for Kelly and kind of make sure we're all you know, out where we're supposed to be. So it's definitely from the spirit program, you know, there's a lot of moving parts that a lot of people don't always see. They see what, when we're in the community or when we're at, um, events, but behind the scenes, there is definitely a lot of, you know, moving parts and working together and making sure we're all on the same page and that Rockies are, you know, they're our biggest face of our, you know, Mm -hmm. spirit program. So awesome. Well, I'm glad you both kind of answered that question because what I'm learning and trying to also paint for everybody is just how demanding the schedules are. Yeah. And when most of where people, our fans see your squad members or Rocky is at an event or mm-hmm. at, right. at the games themselves. And, and you're basically, that's, that's like the icing on the cake. Yeah, for that's our oh yeah. Stuff. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that has really nothing to do with their training. Almost. That's just almost on top of yep. it. So. Yeah. Uh, last question for you, Sandy, and mm-hmm. then we'll kind of wrap it. And it, it'll, I'm sure it applies to Jillian as well. But if you were, you know, let's say a 10 year old, a young lady here in in Tampa, and mm-hmm. and they all aspire to maybe be on one of your squads. And parents listening to, like, what would you what are you advising young girls in terms of what do they do even at that young age to get ready to be 
a D1 cheer, cheerleader or a championship level like you guys? Um, well, I'm glad you asked that because, you know, we have our junior bowls and we talk to so many young kids. But my first thing would be, you know, never give up, obviously, because they can reach those goals if they want to. But the main thing, I think, is just to find somewhere to hone in on your technique early. I think that's the biggest thing is, like, a lot of times young kids worry, worry about, like, trying to progress their skills too fast. And I think for me, um, slow, good, clean progressions is the best. There's a lot of gyms and places and schools in the Tampa Bay area. Like we talked about, this is a cheerleading community. Um, find one of those and just really take your time and um, really work on the the developmental skills because once you do that then you can cheer at your schools and cheering at your schools is where you learn to like love tradition and then by the time you're in high school you want to be coming to our clinics and be yes. in, in in contact with us um, so when they're 10 and 11 it's really like love cheerleading learn about cheerleading find a you know a joy in it and really develop that and then as you get into high school make sure that you're getting out there and talking to us so that you have time if you meet us your freshman year in high school you have time for us to say you know what if this is your stunt position if you're a base this is what I am looking for this is what you should spend the next four years working on and there are girls that have done that there are girls that have progressed because they met us early and had time to yeah. develop exactly what we were looking for and they'll look back and say do you remember when I met you at that <laughs> clinic and you're like I do I do remember it and they you know now They've made some of them have made the team and become USF cheerleaders. So yeah, I actually think that's great advice. And the other thing I would just add is that stick to your strengths. You know, everybody oh, yes. has a strength. Find the strength, dial in on it, and run with it. Um, and I think that that will take these young young females um, a really long way. Yeah, I agree with that too. Because sometimes I will say, especially too for all girl, sometimes there are people who. A lot of times they want to be one position. Everybody wants to be, a lot of people want to be the top girl, but that's not always the position that is the best for them. And I will say without the other three positions, the routine doesn't exist. So like find what you're good at and really that's what you go for. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. and I can't thank you all enough for sharing with our listeners, sharing with me about uh, kind of the background behind it and uh as we close out again, just can't uh, congratulate or thank you all enough for the way you represent USF, the way thank you've you. led our young men and women to uh, great you, success. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're awfully proud of you. So thanks for building a tradition one champion at a time. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks. This, was, this awesome. was so fun. Go Bulls. Yeah, <laughs> go Bulls. <laughs> well, that's a wrap on a great championship edition for our cheer squads uh, for Bull Speed Ahead, uh, presented by Tampa General Hospital. When it comes to complex orthopedic care, Tampa General Hospital's Orthopedic Institute performs the region's most complex orthopedic surgeries. More procedures means more expertise and superior outcomes. We're named one of the nation's best for knee and hip replacement surgery by US News and World Report and named top 50 in the nation for orthopedic surgery. Tampa General Hospital, other hospitals practice medicine. We define it.